Greg Rubel of Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word and this message. We pray that God puts it into your heart. Good morning, everybody. As uh, Pastor Shane mentioned, I'm Matt. I'm, I'm one of the pastors out at Brandywine Community Church, and it's just a joy uh, to be with you today and to bring greetings to you from your from your sister church at Brandywine. We do want you to know we love you. Um, we are rooting on and celebrating all the good things that God is doing here. We pray for you guys on a regular basis, and so uh, it's my honor and joy to be with you today. Uh, on on May 11th. Of 2002, uh, Renee, who is a mother of four, got a knock on the front door that no parent ever wants to get. And she received word that one of her twin daughters, Megan, and her friend had been struck and killed by a drunk driver on their way home from the beach. And as Renee relates it, that this, this driver was a 24-year-old young man. His name was Eric. And, of course, she saw Eric in the courtroom. Uh, when the trial was over, uh, Eric was uh, sentenced to 22 years in prison for that. And Renee says, you know, even though uh, he was going to prison, she said, I felt, I felt like I was the prisoner for months and months and years following that. I was in prison with uh, the own feelings that I had towards Eric, towards this, towards this individual. I felt bitterness. I felt hate. Uh, I felt anger uh, towards him that he took away my daughter. And Renee was a follower of the Lord. And as she relates her story... She, she felt the Holy Spirit prompting her to reach out to this young man, Eric, in prison. And she wrote him a series of letters expressing her forgiveness of him for what transpired. And this correspondence that went back and forth uh, not only um, was transformative for Renee, but it was transformative for this young man, Eric, who found Christ Jesus through this process. And as I heard that um, story related to me a number of months ago, you, you can't help but think when you're hearing it, how would I respond if, if that happened you know, to me in my family situation? Would I, how, how could I respond to that? And the subject that I want to talk to us just briefly about today is, is, is how to deal with unresolved anger. Because I have found, uh, as a pastor for a number of years now, I've found this is a huge issue in all of our lives. 
And the reason, the reason it is, is because all of us experience anger, right? Whether it's a really big deal, like like that story that that family went through, or whether it's just kind of the day-to-day irritation and frustrations we deal with, we, we all experience this God-given emotion called anger. Uh, and the other thing, the other reality that's true, is that most of us have never really been taught how to deal with it from a biblical perspective. Perspective, And so those two things kind of uh, team up uh, on us. And so I believe as, as we really look at the scriptures today, as we really listen to the spirit of God today and choose to deal with that in a biblical fashion, that we can experience blessing and freedom in this area like we never really thought possible before. And so I want to begin just by reading really what I believe is the key admonition in Scripture on this topic. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. We have it up there on the screen. Why don't we just stand together because it's our key text and we'll just read it out loud together with one voice. So here's Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Here we go. It says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Wonderful. Thank you. You may, you may be seated. Let me pray for us. Lord, we do thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the power of scripture uh, to guide us. And so we ask that you would use this in each of our hearts today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so this verse that we just read from Ephesians 4, it actually begins with an Old Testament quote. That first phrase is an Old Testament quote. It comes from uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 4, verse 4, which says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. And just one thing I'd like to point out about that phrase is it's really important to understand that anger in and of itself is not sin. Anger is is actually a God-given emotion. The Bible says that God feels anger, right? So there is a a righteous anger. Uh, Jesus certainly felt uh, anger. You remember his that interchange with the money changers in the temple. But what this is telling us is that anger can lead to sin when we let it control us. When we let it control us. And so that's why that, that next admonition is given that says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And that's what we're calling unresolved anger. Right? When we let the sun go down on it. It could have been something that happened yesterday. It could have been something that happened 50 years ago. But we let the sun go down on it without it being resolved in a biblical fashion, and by doing that, it is allowed to control us. And when that happens, then it says we give a foothold to the devil in our life when it is left unresolved. It gives the devil opportunity to work to work trouble in our life. And so what I want to share with us just briefly today is three ways on how to deal with that unresolved uh, anger, because that's really what that verse is exhorting us to do. It's saying, let it sit there. Don't let it be unresolved. If you do that, it controls you and it gives a foothold for the devil to work in your life. And so you must deal with it. And so how? How do we 
uh, deal with it. And I just want to share with us three three steps to dealing with that. Here's 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 the first one. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. The first one is just to be aware of the danger of unresolved anger. I was never really aware of it. Uh, but there is danger. And remember, this is what the verse is really alerting us to, if you think about it. It's alerting us because we tend not to be aware. It's alerting us to the fact that it, there is lurking danger in it when it's left unresolved. So what is that lurking uh, danger? Uh, one is it has uh, spiritual consequences in our life. Spiritual. Now remember, while anger is not necessarily sinful, when we allow the sun to go down on it, it can produce things in our life that are sinful. And three types of fruit grow on the tree of unresolved anger that Scripture warns us about. Three types of fruit. One is bitterness, which is kind of that, uh, that, that edge or that sharpness that comes into our spirit and kind of an active uh, grudge. Uh, about a particular situation, bitterness begins to crystallize uh, in, in, inside of us when it's unresolved. There's also uh, hate, and we know what that is, but that's when we're, we're actually actively wishing ill will toward, towards another person. That's how we can recognize uh, that thing of hate in our life. We're actively wishing ill will towards a person or, uh, or a situation. And then, and then rage, Scripture warns us about, which is kind of the actual... At the outburst that happens, you know, when we go off on somebody and people are like, where am, where did that come from? Right. It's just it's just like an outburst of rage. And it's one of the uh, fruits that grows on that tree of unresolved anger. And so those are some of the spiritual dangers. There's also emotional uh, dangers to unresolved anger. It really does take an emotional toll. One of them is depression. Now, certainly not all depression is related to unresolved anger, but some of it is. It's, it's, I, I begin to lose my spark, uh, my zest, kind of a heaviness settles into my spirit. So depression can be one of those uh, emotional consequences. Another one is uh, irritability. Um, this is kind of that, and it's often irritability towards the people that I love the most and that are closest to me. And we might all, and we might not even recognize the connection between unresolved anger that sits way over here, that's given the opportunity, the devil, an opportunity in my life, and my irritability towards the people that I love over here. We don't, we don't necessarily see the connection uh, right away, but it's kind of mad at the boss, kick the dog syndrome, right? It's there's a uh, uh, it, it's like water under pressure that needs to find a seam to, to get out of. And it usually manifests with a criticalness and a short-temperedness uh, towards my family and towards the people that I love. So those are two emotional dangers, you know, when I don't deal with it. There's also physical dangers, it's interesting that there's a growing body of evidence that shows a correlation between anger and physical symptoms like hypertension, you know, like migraines, like colitis, like uh, heart disease. And really that shouldn't surprise us because God created us as a whole, right? And so our, our emotions and our physical body and our spirit are kind of all uh, interconnected in one 
uh, one affects the other. So, you know, that sort of conclusion really shouldn't uh, surprise us very much. And then there's also a communal danger to unresolved anger. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, a, a, a communal danger. In other words, it doesn't just affect me but it affects the people uh, around me. Listen carefully to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It says, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. In other words, when I allow that root to grow up, it not only affects, troubles me, but it can hurt my marriage. It can hurt my children. It can hurt... My grandchildren, uh, when I have unresolved anger, I'm not a good pastor. When I have unresolved anger, I'm not a good church member. Uh, it can cause division or worse. You might remember the story in the Old Testament of Absalom. You remember Absalom? He was one of David's son. He was the good-looking, charismatic uh, son of King David. And... Uh, King David's oldest son, so he was a little bit older than Absalom, was a guy named Ammon. And Ammon forces himself, this is from 2 Samuel 13, Ammon forces himself on his half-sister, Tamar. And although David, the text says, is angry at this uh, injustice that has occurred to Tamar, he doesn't really appear to take any action on anything. And so it allows... It, it allows unresolved anger to fester inside of his family. And verse 22 says, this is getting back to Absalom, verse 22 of 2 Samuel 13 says, And though Absalom never spoke to Ammon about this, he hated Ammon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. Right, So we clearly have a case of unresolved anger and the fruit that is going to grow off of that tree inside of David's family is going to be hatred. And eventually, as the story goes on, that hatred is going to turn into murder. And that murder is going to rip apart David's family and it is going to rip apart the nation of Israel. As well, and so, boy, if there's ever a case, certainly, of a a bitter root growing up to trouble many, uh, that certainly would be an example of that. And so, all of these effects—the spiritual effects, the emotional effects, the the physical effects, the the communal or the relational um, effects of unresolved anger—they might not manifest right away. And so this is where sometimes we get, uh, we, we can't always make the connection between them. doesn't always manifest right away. The, the unresolved anger, it's kind, of like, it's kind of like a latent infection in our system that's, that's waiting for an opportunity to be triggered or, or to manifest itself. It's kind of like the chickenpox virus, right? That it can sit, if you had it as a kid, it's not real common anymore, but I had it as a kid, it, but it, it sits in your system as an adult and it can manifest itself as shingles later in your life. If for whatever reason you're like your immune system gets a little compromised, then it's, then it's triggered. 
And unresolved anger is a little bit like that. It's a little bit like an unre- a, a latent infection in the body. And, it's, and at a certain point in our life, it can kind of rise to the surface and begin to manifest in those symptoms that we were, that we were talking about. Okay? So, uh, so, so number one, we need to be, we really need to be aware, uh, we need to be aware of, of the danger. And I think if, if we are aware of those four consequences, it motivates us to want to deal with it. So number one is to be aware of the danger. Here's number two. Number two is to identify it specifically. And I, and I really want to emphasize that, that, that word specifically. <laughs> uh, because it's not enough... It's not enough just to identify something like generically, you know, just to kind of say, God, any unresolved anger I may or may not have in my life, I just want to, I just want to give it to you. I mean, some prayer is better than no prayer, right? But it, we got to identify it specifically, you know, that this is, this is the situation, even if it was from way, 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 way long time ago. I got to, I got to identify it specifically. And, uh, I've thought this uh, before, and and and, and uh, others have have felt this before. Is that you say, well, man, I can't change. I can't change what happened 20 years ago. I can't change what happened a long time ago. So why dredge it up? Like like why even bother thinking about it? And while I can't change what happened, while that's absolutely true, I can't go back and change what happened. I can change how it's affecting me. And you can be sure, and Scripture tells us, you can be sure that it is affecting me and it is giving the devil a foothold in my life if I've not resolved it in a biblical fashion. So it is affecting me. So here's what I want to do over the just the next few minutes while we just have a little bit of sacred space together. Because this is something we don't normally think about. Our lives are busy. We're not, we're not actively thinking about these types of things. But sometimes when we have just a little bit of sacred space, the Holy Spirit can kind of whisper something into our heart that he wants us to deal with. And so that's kind of what I want to do just over the next uh, couple minutes. And I just want to, I just want to go through a few common areas in our life where this kind of stuff can linger. And maybe, maybe, the Holy Spirit would, um, uh, would whisper something uh, to you. And remember, this is just between you and God. If you would ever choose to share uh, with another person, that's entirely up to you, and it can be helpful in some instances. But really, I mean, today, this is just between you and the Lord. So don't be afraid to be honest with Him uh, about it. Uh, the first area that can be common... Uh, is is just to think for a minute about uh, your growing up years, you know your your childhood. Maybe um, you know maybe a, a sibling who wronged you in some way, or um, someone who picked on you uh, as a as a kid, or uh, abuse abuse of some kind. Um, maybe maybe even a parent uh, who wasn't there for you. Uh, or maybe they weren't able to really communicate their love to you very well. They were kind of a, maybe harsh in the way that they talked with you. You know, Ephesians 6 exhorts parents and fathers in particular. It says, it says, fathers do not 
embitter your children. It's kind of an interesting uh, exhortation to us dads. Do not embitter your children. The exhortation must be there because it can be a fairly common occurrence. And if you think about it, uh, when a child feels that there's been an unbro- uh, a promise that wasn't kept, or if a child feels that they have been treated uh, unfairly or harshly, uh, children don't really have a good mechanism to resolve that with their parent, do they? Right? They kind of just have to take it. And this leads to a child being embittered, which is why the scripture really exhorts us as dads to be very, very careful uh, about that, to be sensitive to it. And if I, if I have not kept my word, or if I was overly harsh or treated one of my children unfairly, that it's the prerogative of the parent to go to the child and to resolve it and to say, hey, um, I was wrong and I need your forgiveness. And then the situation becomes resolved. But if it's not, if it's just left uh, to linger, then that becomes a situation where children can become uh, embittered, unresolved anger. Right, so we have to be very, very sensitive uh, to that as uh, as as parents. But think, but think about your own growing up years. Could there be anything uh, there? If it is, maybe you know, maybe jot it down. Think through your teenage years. You know, maybe a a teacher, uh, a coach, a, a friend, a, a a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Maybe they didn't treat you well. Um, is there something there? If there is, write it down. You know, think about um, church relationships, because really Ephesians 4 is directed to church relationships. I mean, that's really the context of it, is church relationships primarily. And I, you know, I know people who've been hurt or disappointed um, by their church, and, and you probably do too, and as a result, they've never been back to church, like, ever. And you've talked to people like that, and you work with people like that, and you're, you're neighbors with people like that. And would you agree that the devil probably has a really big foothold in that area? Keeping them out of fellowship with uh, other Christians because of a situation, right, that just it needs resolved in a, in a biblical way. So think through... Uh, Think through your church relationships there. Any instance where you feel like, man, I've been hurt or wronged or disappointed, just write it down. Think about, uh, think about your work life just for a minute. I, I saw a statistic that said one in four people experience chronic anger on the job. Like, like not just like, you know, the occasional uh, thing that everybody experiences, but like one in four, like every day. Chronic anger on the job. Um, how about you? You know, maybe a, uh, a business partner who wronged you, an unreasonable boss, um, colleagues maybe who gossip, g- gossip or um, stab you in the back, uh, maybe even an unreasonable um, customer situation. Uh, but just think about that for a moment. And is there anything maybe that the Holy Spirit put his finger on? Think about your uh, family relationships, too. A spouse, an ex-spouse, children. You know, children uh, can disappoint us at times. We might not normally think of that as a situation, but it could be. Or maybe extended 
family uh, relationships. So just think through that. And if, if, if anything came to your mind, jot it down. And then here's the third thing that we need to do after we identify it. And that is to release it to God. Release it to God. This is the example, and I'll explain what we mean by that, but this is the example that's given to us, especially in the Psalms and also in the life of Christ, about how to deal with these types of situations. Uh, Psalm 37 is a great example of David doing this. Um, David is uh, dealing with people who have done evil. They have hurt him personally. So these are... These are people who he knows, he's in relationship with, they've heard him personally, and yet uh, they just go on and even appear to prosper. Have you ever felt that? What do you do? Well, here's what David writes in verse, verses 7 and 8. He says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And so uh, David here, exhorting himself, really, is saying, I need to be still in the presence of the Lord. I need to release this to God and leave all things in his hands. He said, it doesn't do any good to be angry about these situations. He writes in a similar way in Psalm 109. Verses 3 and 4, it says, They encircle me with words of hate. They attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me. But I give myself to prayer. And if anybody was ever treated unjustly, it is the sinless Son of God, right? Right? who was beaten and who was crucified for our sin. And listen to what Peter, remember, and Peter walked with the Lord. Listen to what Peter writes about this in 1 Peter 2.23. He says, He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. Rather, he left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Now, if you think about it, in, in a uh, situation in which maybe we've been treated unjustly, we only have three options available to us. Uh, one is we can just um, stuff it and try not to think about it, right? But that's called unresolved anger, and we know the consequences of that. <laughs> the other option is to get even, right? To retaliate in some way. And as believers, this option is not available to us either because it says justice is in the hands of God. It's not in our hands to do that. And so really, if those two options are no longer in our court, and they aren't, then the option that is left to us for resolving a situation is to, is to be still in the presence of God, to give ourselves to prayer, and to leave it uh, in God's hands. But this is a conscious act of the will. It's not something that you just float into. It's a conscious act of trust 
in God and that the, God actually wants us to talk to him in prayer about these situations, which is what David is doing all through the Psalms, right? It's almost like a model or an example of how to, of how, of how to deal with such things. And then the example of the Lord as, as. There is one final step. And that is to think through whether or not we need to talk with the person who we feel that we have been uh, wronged by. Uh, and, you know, as you think through and pray, pray through it, maybe that would be uh, appropriate. But in many cases, and especially with something from a long time ago, it's, it's not advisable, and it, and it may not even be possible. In the movie Courageous, you remember that movie when it came out a number of years back, the movie Courageous? In that uh, movie, one of the main characters is, kind of, is having to deal with this situation in his own life. And it has to do with unresolved anger that he had towards his father. And his father is no longer living. And so this is how he chooses to deal with that situation. So here's a short clip from the movie um, you watch. So as we, uh, as we close the service today, I just want to encourage us to use the sacred space that's afforded us here to release whatever it is that may be the Holy Spirit put his finger on for us. And what I know is that as we do that, there is such blessing and there is such peace and there's such freedom that God gives us to do that. And we need Christ in our heart to do that, don't we? We need the Lord. We can't, we can't simply, by our own willpower, our own strength, do that. Uh, we need the power of Christ inside of our heart uh, to do it. And so why don't we just pause here for a moment and I just want to lead us uh, in a prayer of release together. So let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we, uh, we love you. We thank you for the power of your word to guide us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to convict us. And so we ask you and we give you permission to speak in our lives and if there is anything that we have allowed the sun to set on we give you permission to speak to us because we don't want to go on and on and just give give the devil foothold in our life room to work in our life we want to close that door we want to walk in obedience to the way of Christ and so we just ask you to speak to us here today. And whatever it is that you put your finger on for us, uh, we just bring it to our memory. And we say, you know the situation. You know precisely uh, what happened. And you know the hurt that I have uh, felt over this situation, the anger that I felt over it. But now I, I, I choose to release that situation into your hands. And I know that you're loving and you are good and you are just. 
And so I have complete trust in releasing all of these things to you. And I thank you that I am now free from that. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Covering all of these things and just bringing healing to me. And in Jesus' name, I confess that all the footholds that the enemy had in this arena of my life, that they are now gone. And the Lord is filling that with sweetness and with joy and with peace and with healing through the power of Christ Jesus. So we thank you for these things. And it's in the precious and powerful name of Christ that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.